You're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Live at the studio of Worldwide Sports Radio. It's the third and long show. And here's your host, Matty Katz. And welcome, everybody, to a brand new show at a brand new network. We had a huge overhaul at the weekend, but we are a brand new network, Worldwide Sports Radio Network, thanks to Mark Salino from Statement Games getting involved and helping us grow tremendously, and I already see a growth as uh, tremendous growth already, and it's only been about a week, so happy to see that go forward, but man, what a weekend it was, from all the NBA talk to the Super Bowl yesterday, yes, ladies and gentlemen, I understand what oh, everyone's going to say. Oh, the Super Bowl's not tonight? <coughs> uh, no, wow. the Super Bowl is not tonight there, Mr. Vinny Rubo. Unfortunately. And I know you're not a happy man about it. And we're going to get into the Super Bowl because there's so many different uh, different types of games and that we've seen. And a lot of people didn't really like the game last night. I, for one, I was not a big fan of the game last night. But the reason why is because... Everybody wants to see scores. Yesterday's game was a defensive masterpiece by the New England Patriots. And, and we're going to get into that. But, Mr. Vini Rubo, um, now I think is the right time to actually say you really are the mush. <laughs> you really It's it's remarkable on everything you've done. Apparently for uh, Boston teams. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's pretty crazy what you've and, done for And all Jeff that. can't wait one minute before he has to call. Why don't you wait <laughs> – Five ten minutes, and we can get our, you know, our first monologues and stuff True. in before you make the call. So I'm not picking up the phone right now. You're gonna have to wait another five minutes. Yeah, Jeff, wait a couple minutes, and we'll let you back on because we're just getting into it. But Vinny, how was your Super Bowl? How was your weekend? How was everything? It was. It was a good. Uh, you know, it's always like it's like a holiday now. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't you agree that it's like a holiday? Do you have like a ritual? Do you do the same thing every year? Do you go to a different place well, every year? I usually different. Last year, I had I had a big Super Bowl party, and I wanted to have it again, but my buddy said he wanted to have it, so I let him have it this year. But I'm gonna have the Super Bowl. I'm having a big Super Bowl party next year. I mean, I have that big 75-inch But where did you go this year? I went to. I just went to my buddy's house. Okay. And, and, was there a lot of people? Yeah, there was like 15, 20 people. We were just gambling throughout the entire game, playing CeeLo, playing cards. Because at one point, I could have fell asleep watching that game. I really could have oh, fell asleep. It was brutal. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, the new nickname for it to me is the Trash Bowl. <laughs> I think it was a terrible game um, <laughs> at all aspects. It was not an entertaining game. Sure, it's it, it had very good defensive for and for both teams. I mean, Wade Phillips, um, I would say, keeping the Patriots to thirteen points and three, you know, three points with nine minutes left. I mean, that was an impressive as well as you know, Bill Belichick was masterful in his defensive, you know, um, strategy against the Rams, who you know is the second leading t- scoring team in the NFL this year. So hats off to the defensiveness, but it just was not. It was as bad as the halftime. Halftime. Uh, did you did you see the halftime? It was. I tried show? not to watch it. I tried not to watch it. It was just awful. But you know what? Just take the call. I know it's him. Jeez. Right, right Jeff. off the bat. Right off the bat. Put him through. 
We actually have our first caller of the day, ladies and gentlemen, and he couldn't Jeff, wait to call. Jeff, you can't wait two minutes. Mr. Jeff from Tampa, no, how are you, buddy? No, no, I couldn't wait two minutes. You're my MVP, Vinny. You're my MVP. Congrats for us? you and all what the happened? Boston mutants out there. Congratulations. Oh. I mean, I mean, you know, Brady was just masterful again. I'm kidding because he wasn't. It was a, it was a great. I'll, I'll admit, it was a great defensive performance and strategy from <laughs> the greatest coach out there, Bill Belichick. But if you're gonna sit there and tell me that this was an entertaining game, then you are crazy. It, and it was, it was a sloppy game too, both ways. Absolutely. I, I mean, I didn't see so much slop. Like, okay, Brady started off with a turnover. That's sloppy for sure. Missed right? field That's goals. Not good. Right, missed field goal. Right, but I didn't see a whole lot of sloppy play. I saw a whole lot of, and like you said, on both sides, I'm not taking anything away from the Rams. Yeah, they, they had a good sides, game too. I, I would stingy, admit. Stingy defense. Yeah, the, yeah, the Wade Phillips knows Bill Bell. You know, it has done well in the past against the Tom Brady teams. So you know, thirteen points. You would you would figure that that would be the ball game, right? I mean, you hold, you know, especially you know last minute. I mean, that last field goal for me, you know, it killed me as because I would have won a Super Bowl box too. So that even more destroyed me when Sonny Michelle couldn't get that first down. If they get that first down, that clock runs out. I win a lot of money, and instead the Patriots have to just kick, a field kick goal. me in the nuts even more, and it be. One inch short. What was it? One inch short. Yeah, <laughs> literally that. one inch short. They kicked the field goal, and then you know that that's the ball game right there. But um, so you you I guess you disagree that you know, what if this was the other way around? What if it was thirteen three Rams? You would you would think that this was a good game? I would I would expect people would say the same thing about the Patriots that they're saying about the Rams offense. Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. That they that they couldn't get it going, that it is what it is. But listen, if this were like here, here's the funny thing about it: if Khalil Mack played for the Patriots and they won, or if it was the the Seahawks years ago, people would go, "Oh my God, great defense! That's that's amazing game because they have a nickname like the Legion of Boom." Like the the fact of the matter is, it was a great game. It was a great defensive struggle. It came down to like the last couple of possessions which is what you're looking for in any Super Bowl. But the fact that it wasn't 40 to 35 when it was happening makes people upset. Well, yeah, of course. I don't course. think you people need it to want... be that high. No, I mean... but no, but people wanted to see an entertaining brand of football. Especially... When it's 3-3 at halftime, I mean. Especially with the way the Patriots have played all season. They were scoring. The Rams were scoring all season. And now you guys get to their Super Bowl, and I get it. Usually the first quarter is when teams like to feel each other out and, and really get going. But this game just had no and, it factor and throughout the whole game. And can we stop anointing Sean McVay, the new, uh, you know, Zen master and wh whatnot, uh, the next best thing? I mean, he got out-coached. He got out-schooled. He admitted it after the game that, uh, he, you know, at halftime, you would have figured they would have done a little, something a little bit different. He did nothing. But you know what? And I, and I actually said this to Jeff. Jeff and I spoke earlier, and I said this earlier. I'm like, I respect Sean McVay so much. And to be honest with you, he really is the next best thing. I, I, he's so young. Okay, he's 33 he was years old. In over his head this game. <laughs> the entire team was in over their head. Where was Aaron Donald? Where was Indominus? Jared Kassu? Goff missed some throws. I mean, he had that one Brandon Cooks that was wide open. I am almost going to be painful to say this, but I almost would rather take Dak Prescott over Jared Goff at this at this current time. No, no, I wouldn't and, go and that pain, far. I, I, I don't think Jared Goff's a good quarterback, and I've said this for a long time. But you look at what Sean McVay did during his post-game speech and whatnot. He came out and said it. 
I got out coached. It was my fault. I didn't prepare my guys well enough. This is on me and nobody else. Literally, I respect no that adjustments. So much. None. None. He stuck to what he knew and what he thought and, would and, win. And, and enough of this, uh, you know, this whole Todd Gurley thing. Where I mean, I mean, the guy gets ten carries a game. You're gonna you're gonna sit there and still tell me that he's healthy. No, he's not. He hasn't been healthy since week. But 13. they keep saying that he's healthy, and then we're, and then next week that. we're gonna see, we're gonna hear that he has uh you know arthroscopic surgery or whatnot on his knee or some whatever. I mean it's BS. I mean just be real with us and say that he wasn't healthy because you're gonna sit there and tell me that you'd rather have C.J. Anderson in the game with all these carries than Todd Gurley. But he can't do that though, Vinny. Exactly. He can't. He, he, no, no, no. He literally can't tell you that he wasn't healthy. He literally can't. He will lose draft picks. He literally can't tell you that. <coughs> yeah, he's not going to come out and say that. We all know that. But I mean, it, like, I believe I, I believe he was hurt. You believe he's hurt. Maybe there'll be something that comes out like that. But when you're not putting Todd Gurley on the injury report all week, that's a violation of NFL rules. So exactly. Say, they could oh, be yeah, fine and lose draft you're picks. Yeah. Exactly. And 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 you get fined and all that good stuff. But again. We're not talking about Todd Gurley because that's for another segment a little later on in the show. You look at the game yesterday, it was a defensive masterpiece. And to be honest with you, excuse me, be honest with you, I'm going to give credit to Wade Phillips and the St. Louis, uh, St. Louis uh, the L.A. Rams because they held the Patriots only 13 points. And I'm giving my my MVP award not to Brian to Flores. Well, no, you, uh, you're giving besides it. Besides me. You're giving it to Vinny Rubo. You and Snug are giving it to Vinny Rubo. Vinny deserves all of it, though. Vinny, when are you going to retire the sacrificial lambs comp? Oh, it's coming back. Ba uh. ba baseball starts next week. Catch Pitchers and catchers report next week. But I, think, I think he should just retire. We've had one magical year of Vinny saying everyone was sacrificial lambs, and it's all turned up to shit for you, Vinny. It's <laughs> yeah. all, you're the only one on the planet that can turn gold into crap. <laughs> I mean, I can't help but laugh at that. You, you look at it, though. You have to give all the credit in the world to Mr. Brian Flores. I, I mean, of course, Bill Belichick is going to get it because he's the head coach, and of course he had part of the game planning and scheming. I'm 100% sure. But you look what Brian Flores did for that defense. A bunch of no-name guys on that defense. Hightower, he might be the most no-name guy on that defense, and he had one of the best games. Van Noy had one of the best games. You look at this defense and what they did. Even when Patrick Chung got hurt, and he didn't play the whole second half. He got hurt real early in the third quarter. He didn't play basically the he didn't play the whole second half. He had his arm in, in, in that bubble wrap or whatever it is. You look at Brian Flores and what he's done. He rejuvenized this defense. He got this defense ready for this game. He did everything in his power, in his arsenal, to get himself ready for this game and his defense ready. And it showed uh, tremendously. You look at it, they had four sacks. They had seven tackles for losses. They had eight eight deflections, 12 quarterback hits. 12! 12, 12 quarterback hits. It was unbelievable. Steve, Stephen Gilmore, I read something the other day that he's quietly the number one best cornerback in the NFL according to statistics and everything surrounding that. And he comes up with arguably one of the biggest plays of the game with that interception on the four-yard line. You look at Brian Flores, I give Brian Flores all the credit in the world for what he's done. And now he's off to Miami and be the head coach there. Good for him. But I'm going to tell you this right now. Brian, Brian Flores deserves all the praise in the world 
for this New England Patriots defense and what they did yesterday. Because if you think about it, they almost shut out the uh, the uh, L.A. Rams in the Super Bowl. He almost shut the them Rams, out. The Rams, I mean, it, it just looked like the you know the bright lights. They were in over their heads. Absolutely. I mean, Sean McVay wasn't ready. Jared Goff looked like I mean, he saw a ghost. Three points. Three points against, you know, Granted, like you, uh, you know, like you, you've been saying and preaching, you know, forget Bill Belichick two weeks and whatnot. I mean, Sean McVay too with the two weeks. You, you know, this was a masterful game. If you like defensive games, uh, defensively, you know, like a chess match, we're going back and forth. But I mean, you got to score more than three points. Absolutely. Uh, listen, you, you, there's no if ends or buts about it. When your offense is that good, and yeah, I know Cooper Cup is out injured. I get that. But when you still have Todd Gurley, even though he's not 100 percent. And you still have Brandon Cooks and all these other guys out there able to go out there and produce for you. You have to score more than three points in the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl. It's not like it's just a regular game or a, a, a regular season game or a preseason game. We're talking about what you play all season for. What do you play all season for? To get to the Super Bowl. To be there a week not before. If not if you're a Dallas Cowboy. You play all season to golf early. Yeah, well... That's the Dallas Cowboys and their delusional fans. But the Rams were an embarrassment yesterday, except for Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips I mean, had his team ready. I hate calling anyone an embarrassment in a game like that, right? Because, okay, both offenses struggled. But when you're saying both offenses struggled, I feel like you're also taking credit away from how great both defenses were. Because, listen, the Patriots, you know, everything started out good. Sony Michelle was a shoelace tackle away from – breaking a run and stuff, and then the Rams would, would stiffen up when the Patriots got to about the 50, because the Patriots were moving the ball. They did move the ball between, like, you know, the Patriots easily got to the 40 of the Rams every time, but when that happened, the Rams didn't allow any more yards. They stiffened up. They played great defense. They were and, and Each like, team was punting from from the 50-yard line throughout and, the entire and game. And the third down defense was big for both teams. I mean, Third downs were tough. I, I, I know the Rams were one for ten until they got that big third down and nine to just eventually throw an interception. And I'll, and I'll tell you what, I'll give you, like, the sneaky kind of most important part of the game. Okay, the Patriots score the touchdown and the Gronkowski catch was certainly huge and all of that. But stopping the Rams on the next possession and then getting the ball back with four minutes to then be on your own, what, five or six yard line? And they had those, a couple of big just, runs in a row. Those shoots, those couple of huge runs, that's the sneaky most important part of the game because if they have to punt the ball from their own five, they're giving them the ball, the Rams the ball of the 50. Those, those, those plays, <laughs> those series of plays, put the game away for the Patriots. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no if, ends, or buts about it. You're 100% right that it, put that, that it put them away. It really and did. I, and I'll tell you, and, you know, and, and so I have a hard time saying, you know, oh, this person didn't show up or that person didn't show up. I don't think we've seen another game Jared Goff played this year where he was under pressure and got hit 40% of his dropbacks. Well, th well, that's the whole thing. He got hit more times than not. He got hit 12 times, Jeff. He got hit 12 how many did, times. Uh, how many did Brady get it? Four. Four uh, QB yeah. hits. Four QB sacks? hits, one sack. And how many sacks for the Patriots? Uh, yeah. Uh, four. The Patriots had four sacks. Okay. Four sacks, seven tackles for losses compared to their two Rams, two tackle for losses. They had seven, eight padded balls down. The Rams had five padded balls down. The New, the New England Patriots defense just totally outplayed the L.A. Rams defense, and it was simple. 
It was really simple. And, and again, they still only held the Patriots to 13 points. And, and like, the thing about it is I understand people saying Hightower had a good game or Gilmore had a good game. Gilmore and did. And that's great. And so, they, did, so and, did Hightower and Van Noy. They right, all and played great. And, that, and that's great. But a lot of people are forgetting, dude, Adrian Claiborne played great to get pressure. Uh, dude, Lawrence Guy and Danny Shelton were tremendous stopping the run at the line of scrimmage. They had a, how many how many times did C.J. Anderson get hit behind the line of scrimmage when he touched the ball? A lot. A lot. It seems like every time. A lot. Yeah, they a couldn't lot. run the ball, and that was a big, big problem for the Rams because they, you know, they they use play action a lot, and they're successful with it. They're second in the league in in uh, in passes over twenty yards and whatnot, and and a lot of that is is the play action, and they could not do that, especially if you know Gurley so called hurt. You know, with him limited to ten touches, that's a big deal for you know that's a big part of the Rams' offense. And listen, I I fully understand both of you putting blame on Jared Goff and things like that. Well, right? we're well, we're going to talk about that as well. We're going to talk but, about that. But but the thing about that is, is like, what what part does the offensive line have to do with that? Because when you're getting hit forty percent of your dropbacks, they're not giving Jared yeah, no, Goff. Yeah, no time. Yeah, and, and and listen. This is why I'm giving all the credit in the world to Brian Flores. Brian Flores deserves everything for this. He deserves every praise possible for this game. I don't think I've seen a better coach defensive philosophy in the Super Bowl than this game I've just seen. Vinny's still my MVP, though, man. Come on, say it one more time. <laughs> Tell me again how the Patriots are going nowhere that it's over. Tell me again. It'll be fun. Oh, stop it. Vinny, Vinny had to know this. What? Let me know when the Super Vinny, Bowl happens. Vin, the real Super Bowl. Vinny, Vinny didn't the even. The Chiefs and Saints. Vinny didn't even text me last night. He was so upset. I texted him and he, he yeah, just I, didn't I text me back. Your BS or anyone's BS last night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. Jets fans all crying. Look, Jeff, do you think? Do you think? Do you think um, Brian Flores is going to make to be a good coach? You know, I actually think he probably will. I, you know what I see in him is. <laughs> And I guess one part of it is bad and one part of it is good. I kind of view Brian Flores as a mixture of Mike Tomlin and Raheem Morris. Right? Like, he, he feels like that young guy that people like, that people rally around. And I feel like it could go kind of either way. I do like that he brought Chad O'Shea with him, who is the Patriots quarterback's coach, who was going to be the Patriots offensive coordinator when McDaniels, when McDaniels left. Yes. Right, but then when McDaniels came back, O'Shea stayed as the quarterback coach. So I think that because there's some familiarity there, I think the Dolphins are going to do pretty well with those guys. I, I think so. So you think that I mean, it, it, he's going to be successful? You know. Uh, you know, I don't. I, success. Well, here's, you know, define success because you know, the, I mean, Tannehill's not going to be back. So I mean, you're, you're starting from scratch. But you know. Right, but that's that's the problem I have with that. Right, is because. Flores, and rightfully so, he shouldn't be drafting his own players, but a lot of it's going to depend on, like, front <coughs> office and who they're drafting. Like, you know, it's hard to cook a meal if you're not picking the But you pretty much answered what I wanted. Like, I, I pretty much want to know if, if he has the good makeup of a, of, a, of a head coach, a good head coach, and it sounds like you're, you're agreeing with that. I, I do. I think he's going to be a pretty good head coach. I do. Now, you know, but again, and you, I think that you're agreeing with me as well. Success is going to depend on the players that they bring in. The cupboard is pretty well empty in Miami. Yes, and kind that's, of, that's tough. Kind of that's an tough. empty uh, blank canvas, trying to start from scratch, kind of thing. Yeah, they got a couple good players. 
you know, well, well they team. already said the Miami Dolphins are going to be tanking for Tua Tagovailoa in 2020. Yeah. But now I hear that they might be <laughs> drafting a quarterback in some of these mock drafts this year. I'm gonna, I'm that's the problem, right? I'm not that's the problem, that. though, right? Because how many coaches are successful when they don't have, like, a, a quarterback? How many are successful? Exactly. Like, you need a quarterback. It's simple. I, I don't think he's set up for success there, but I still think he could be a pretty good coach. Well, that makes well we're definitely going to see, but again, and Jeff, I said this to you earlier, we're not going to see anything for the next two years out of the Miami Dolphins because they're going to be tanking for this year, and then they're going to throw a rookie quarterback right into the wolves right off the bat. But again, what Brian Flores just showed in this Super Bowl was remarkable. I can't give him enough praise for what he's done to this team and this defense, and to be honest with you, nobody thought that the, the New England Patriots defense was going to hold the L.A. Rams to three points. And to be honest with you, the L.A. Rams didn't get in the oh, red zone and, one And to time. be honest, you know, i got to give Speedy credit because he uh, – it pains me to say. Don't but do that. It, it pains Don't me to say, but, you know, I kind of laughed at his score when he was doing the scores. And I'm like, the Rams aren't not – Scoring only 17 points, and then you know I said you know the Patriots weren't gonna score tw low 20s, mm -hmm. and here we are, it's 13 to three, and you know I'm the jackass. Yeah, yeah. Did it did it at least warm your heart a little bit that Joe Namath handed the trophy to Bob? Scott? What was he doing there? I, well, I, don't I don't get it. I don't understand. I saw that. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> Jeff and 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 Snug and all of them were just gonna laugh this off like, oh, this is They're the only chance this. that a, a Jet can well, touch they, the the Super the Bowl Lombardi championship. Trophy. Well, well, they had the thing. So here's the thing: they had Vince Wilfork there because he was a former Patriot. He brought it and he hand, he handed it to Emmett Smith, right? And Emmett Smith, I think, was celebrating his 25th anniversary of the Super Bowl or something like that, right? And then they handed it to Namath, and Namath was there because he was celebrating the fact that it was 50 years ago the Jets won a Super Bowl. Is that why, is that why he's there? That's the one he yes. called. That's the one he said that yes. we're going to go out and win the Super yes. Bowl. They have, they have guys with some sort of symbolic meaning, and they had the 50th anniversary and, of the Jets and represented it, it, there. Looking at his face, it looked painful that he was holding that trophy, <laughs> and all the, all the Patriots were kissing it and, and grabbing it. Uh, you saw pain in his eyes. Yeah, he wasn't happy. You you saw it. He wanted. It looked like he wanted to cry. Did it warm your heart, though, Vinny? Did it warm your heart, though, Vinny? No. Uh, the, 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 as long yeah. as as long as you're happy, that's all I care about, Jeff. Hey, I'm I'm very happy. Tom Brady has now won more Super Bowls than anyone else has appeared in. How's that for you? Oh, well, that is pretty crazy. He's 6-3, and three, so he's arguably the GOAT, and people will still argue it, but uh, I, there is no argument anymore. He's, he's the GOAT. He is the best quarterback to ever play. Let's hear Vinny game. say it. Let's hear Vinny say it now. Come I, I never it. questioned it. I thought he – I thought even before this game, I thought before this year, he was he's the greatest. you got to talk to Errol about that, not me. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Oh, Errol. oh, yeah. Mr. Mr. Tom Brady never had a cut on his hand. It was almost built yeah. out. <laughs> Remember that last year? The conspiracy theories? Yeah, I, I love Errol Marks' conspiracy theories. That's, that's, that's what he has. I want to hear it from. I would rather – I would rather listen to Billy Madison read The Puppy Who Lost His Way over and over again and listen to Errol Marks. Oh, man. I, it, it is what it is. But, Jeff, hang on, Jeff. We're going to go to a quick break, and then we're going to get into the Rams a little bit. So hang on here. And, uh, the sacrificial Rams? Yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. Did you say the Rams or the Lambs? I said the Rams. He said the Lambs. Um, uh, no, I said the Rams, the sacrificial Rams. It rhymes with Lambs. Uh, Dude, you know the Bible predicted this win? Oh, Isn't it did. Crazy? It did. Excuse me? It's crazy. How did the Bible predict this win? Let me 
let me, so hold on, let me read this to you. I got to grab my phone here. You ready for this? This is sick too, dude. Right? Like this is completely out of left field. The Bible predicted Tom Brady's win. Hold on, let me, you got to give me one second. The Bible definitely didn't predict Tom Brady's win. Definitely didn't. You want to bet? Here it is. You ready? You could also say that I predicted the win, too. Yeah, it's true. Tom Tom Brady will win today. The Bible says so. Daniel chapter 8, verse 7. Quote, the goat charged furiously at the ram and struck him, breaking off both of his horns. Now the ram was helpless, and the goat (laughs) knocked him down and trampled him. No one could rescue the ram from the goat's power. Boom! And the ram ram only scored three points. Oh, God. (laughs) All right, Jeff. The Bible predicted it. The the goat has beaten the ram. Jeff, hang on. We're going to go to we're going to go to a quick break, ladies and gentlemen. And when we come back from break, we're going to talk about this. Uh, I keep saying St. Louis. I'm used to saying St. Louis. The L.A. Rams. Who is to blame? McVay, Goff. Would God, Todd Gurley make it a difference if he was 100 percent healthy? We're going to get into that when we come back here at Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You, you, you are listening to the Third and Long Show, and here's your host, Maddie Cavs. 631-676-2968 is the number to reach us here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. See, Vinny, I almost said it right there, and I didn't, but we I are brand eventually. new today. The launch again. Mark Salino from Statement Games is a big part of this and this network growing. So we just want to thank him and Statement Games. If you don't know what Statement Games is, Make sure you go to statementgames.com and check it out. It is like almost like DraftKings and all that other stuff, except it's better. So make sure you go check that out whenever you have the opportunity. Mark Salino and Statement Games, they've done great work for us over here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. But Vinny, you'll have to let me know when you're playing Statement Games so I know to play the opposite answers of you. <laughs> you know, I was doing so good this postseason, too, and – Except for the Patriots. I think I've got every single one where I bought the Patriots. I mean, well, I, uh, the Saints, you're too. The Saints, like too. I, but, I mean, they should have won. I, I mean, I want to know all your answers on statement games. I want to know <coughs> what you're doing there, right? Because I'm just going to pick the opposite, and I'm going to be Jeff Bezos rich in about a half hour. Easily. You're, you, you, Easily. You, v- Vinny Rubo the mush. Yeah, we, mush need, we, we need to go mush to a sports – I think we need to go to a sports book. <laughs> just so, just so you could do the city. opposite. Mush. <laughs> but the mush. Talking about this and, and the, this game yesterday, and I, I, I'm done praising Brian Flores and even Wade Phillips a little bit for holding the uh, Patriots to 13 points. He had a great game over there for the L.A. Rams. But I want to talk about the L.A. Rams right now. Who is more, who is more to blame for this? And I'm going to ask both of you. I'll let you guys go at it before I decide to intervene and get involved. Who do you blame for the Rams' loss yesterday? Sean McVay or Jared Goff? Go ahead, Jeff. More? Who saying? do you blame? More. Who do you blame, ideally, I mean, the main guy? There's going to be blames for both of, course. of them. Uh, who do you blame more? Go ahead, Jeff. Uh, for me, it has to be uh, half Sean McVay and half whoever their offensive coordinator is. Right? Like, you cannot allow the Patriots to get to Jared Goff as much as they did. You need to call better protections. You need to put different linemen in or have running backs in there blocking more or whatever. You need to find a way to protect Goff. Goff, 
I think did the best he, stinks. he could. Listen, he did the best he could with what he was given. He wasn't given any help, was he? Wasn't I hearing that McVeigh was calling plays in in his helmet and telling him like who to pass to and stuff like the? Uh, I thought I read that or something. I didn't see Where, that anywhere. Hmm, let me see if no, I you can only it. communicate with a quarterback until 15 seconds left in the play clock. Mm -hmm. So once 15 seconds hit, the microphones go off automatically, right? So like, there's none of that stuff going on. But it's like, it's honestly, dude, like. Jared Goff did okay. Like, yeah, he wasn't good yesterday. Like, we can all say he wasn't good yesterday, and that's all going to be true. But at what point are you going to try to protect him better? Yeah, well, that that's the whole thing. When When is there going to be a time when you protect him better? And I went over the de defensive statistics before with the uh, New England Patriots and what they did. They hit Jared Goff 12 out of 38 times he dropped back. 12 out of <coughs> excuse me. 12 out of and 38 I mean, times. count the other times he either scrambled out for a rush because he did that a couple of times, right? And that also doesn't count the times that they almost got there that he managed to get the ball away because there was and, a bunch of those and, times and this, too. And this is more, uh, to me, it's all more Sean McVay because he, they, he didn't make any adjustments. <laughs> there were no adjustments made. I mean, after halftime, especially when you have that long, you know, halftime, a little longer than usual, you would think that there would be more adjustment, adjustments made Especially maybe maybe with your with your offensive line as well, and not nothing nothing was changed. He did absolutely nothing. So you're gonna put the blame on Sean McVay? Yes. <coughs> I mean it has to. I mean it has to be, dude. Like, listen, I, I get it, man. Golf isn't good, and you can rip golf all you want, and you really wouldn't be wrong. But did anyone give him any help yesterday? Not one. Honestly, not one. Not one. So so in my, where just from my view. I think he did the best that he could do. Truthfully, like you're not giving him any help. They certainly didn't have a run game, so why not put running backs in there to block? He wasn't set up to win. Basically, from from the from their game plan, he wasn't set up to win. 100% set up to fail. 100% set up to fail. Well, that, well, that's the whole thing. It, it almost felt like they were they were just happy to get there. They were just happy to be in the game in the big game. And they did not take it as seriously, or I'm not, I'm not saying that they didn't, but it, it almost looked like they were just happy to be there. You look at the game uh, yesterday, you know, both of those I mean, teams. Go ahead. Truthfully, did you see Andrew Whitworth's comment after the game? This is just a piggyback on what Vinny said. What did he say? What's that? I mean, they, 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 they looked like they were just happy to be there. Did you hear what Andrew Whitworth said? No, what no. A, what a joke. I don't care whether we won the Super Bowl or not. At the end of the day, we're all going to die. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I saw that. He he probably just said that out of out of frustration, or maybe he really did mean it. I mean, he's what does that have wrong. to do with anything? Exactly, it has nothing to do with anything. So right. that's why it just it's doesn't saying, make any I don't sense. Care whether we, I don't care whether we won or not. And this guy is like, an all pro type offensive tackle. I love Whitworth. I wanted him as a giant. I love I love Whitworth, and he and and he's been great. But to say something asinine as that. Is the most ridiculous thing so ever. Basically, he doesn't care that they lost. It's not a big deal to him. Right. Now, in my opinion, if I had to put blame on anybody in this game, it, it's going to be both of them. They each share the most amount of blame on both. Sean McVay. You said who's more to blame. You okay, Sean McVay. And I'm going to go Sean McVay, and this is why. Sean McVay, everybody's been talking up, and he's pulled all the right strings so far from trick plays to going for stuff on fourth down. And doing everything possible, he was very vanilla yesterday. He stayed with what and he knew. And that's not what the Rams do. <laughs> and that's not Sean McVay's game. Sean McVay is the type of guy that likes to throw a wrench in things. He
he likes to mix things up. He likes to do other things within the, the game, and he did absolutely nothing. Now, do you blame it on him being in his first Super Bowl and being 33 years old? Because he did not trust. when the cameras went to him on the sideline, he looked like he was scared, and he just saw a ghost. And you could tell. Every single time, his eyes were wide open. It was nothing. The way the game was going, there was not a lot of trust in Jared Goff. I mean, None. You, you could see on that third and 22 when it's a tie game. And, you run and you're running the ball. You're basically giving up downs. I mean, what does that say? What does that say? You're 100% right. What does that say for, for your team? They were happy to be there. <coughs> and I, I just firmly blame Sean McVay because he just totally got outcoached by the greatest coach of all time in Bill Belichick. And it really, really showed that he got outcoached. And he's not ready for this type of atmosphere yet. But the fact remains is that he's 33 years old. He's the youngest coach in NFL history. And it's more than more than likely, he's going to have a more than one opportunity at the Super Bowl with his teams. I think he's a good coach, but it just showed he wasn't ready for but this in, type of atmosphere. But in this game, we and know. either was everybody else on the Rams were not up to par. Where was Indomitian Sue? Where was Aaron Donald? Where were these well, superstars? Aaron Donald's getting double teamed. But... Okay, he's got that, he's got but everyone team else season. needs to step up and do something. Up. And where was Dante Fowler Jr.? Where were all these guys that everyone was talking about running their mouth during media week, and not one of them showed up. Not one of those well, guys showed up. We can't up. say they didn't show up. I mean, thirteen points is not is you know that's pretty impressive against the yeah, Patriots. Yeah, but but now is that more of the inept of the New England Patriots offense? No, I think okay. that was a good defensive. No. Don't, don't you agree that that no. was? You th totally Rams defense. Yeah, totally. yeah. I give them credit. Listen, you can't not give them credit at all. I've been you, giving I mean, the Rams credit, but I was expecting more big players. More pressure. Show, more pressure. More big players show up in big games. Okay, I didn't hear Aaron Donald's name being called a lot. And don't get me wrong, Tom Brady gets rid of the ball faster than anybody I know. He he held the ball for a few times. He had few Aaron throws uh, in the Super Bowl in this past one. I don't think you can fault this on the defense. I think they did their job. I think this is more on the on the Rams offense. I mean, you can't score three points and expect to win the game. They scored they allowed you know, it was three three going into nine minutes left in the game. In the fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean, you're doing your job if, if you're if, if, if the Patriots yeah. You're doing your job if the Patriots are th have three and points. And again I with gave nine them a lot of left. credit, but I'm just saying big time guys show up in big time games and if you wanted to be that big time of a guy, they should have showed up. And they didn't show up at the key moments. And you want to know who did? Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady showed up. And again, I'm going to give a lot of credit to this offensive line because they're never, ever talked about. Shaq Mason, Trent Brown, these guys are never talked about. And these guys have been outstanding, at least for the last five, six weeks. They've been outstanding. But this offensive line, I give them a buttload of credit. A buttload of credit going forward. But, it, again, back to the Sean McVay and Goff, and Goff. Sean McVay is to blame. And like I said before, he is a man. He took the loss like a man. He said it. I blame myself. I didn't do what I had to do to put my team in position to win. He said this. He said he got outcoached thoroughly, which he absolutely did. Bill Belichick, again, greatest coach of all time, in my opinion. I don't I don't care about anybody else. I think he's the greatest coach of all time. All right? But again, Sean McVay got out coached, and it's simple. He got out coached. And it's I mean, no if, if, ends if, or if, buts. I, if I told you that James White was going to be a non factor, um, Rex Burkhead, I mean, their backfield, besides, you know, the, I'm talking about the passing down backs. I mean, 
two receptions, one reception for five yards for James White. I mean, this is what the Patriots do. If I told you that they were going to be a non-factor, you would have said uh, there's a good chance that, you know, the Patriots weren't winning this game. And but you, a lot of that, you know, like a lot of that had to do with the guys that, you know, Matty say it didn't show up. Dante Fowler took that away from the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah, yeah listen, I mean, you're not wrong. And not for nothing, you want to talk about not – and listen, Wade Phillips, he did a great job. Like, it's hard to nitpick Wade Phillips. But if you want to talk about not doing adjustments, how about the Patriots ran the same exact play three, three plays times in a row? Three times in a row, right, to Edelman? Three plays in a row, right, Edel, to Edelman, then the, then the little hitch route to Burkhead, and then, dude, what a pass and to what Gronk? a pass on that seam route by Gronk. It, 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 was, it was just perfect. That play action that, was great. It, it was unbelievable. And again, and we're going to talk about, about not making adjustments. How do you not make adjustments on seeing the same play? Three times, three straight well. times, three straight times, and talking about Julian Edelman, and we'll get into that now too. Julian Edelman, all I could just say is wow to this guy. This guy just somehow finds—is he a Hall of Famer though? And we're, and we're going to talk Hall about of that. Ten and ten yard, ten receptions, one hundred forty-one yards. Yeah, he didn't have a touchdown yesterday, but of course, the only touchdown went to Sonny Michelle yesterday. But Julian Edelman did everything possible, and I saw a funny statistic about this. Julian Edelman. He w- when he was pressed yesterday against the L.A. Rams, when Tom Brady was throwing him the ball, he was 0 for 2 getting Julian Edelman the ball when he was pressed. When he was not pressed, he was 10 for 10 getting the ball to Julian Edelman with between 4.6 yards and 6.8 yards or something right, right off of not getting pressed. What were they thinking on not pressing him? Well, they didn't press him because they had him double and triple teams the whole time, and he was still beating double and triple teams. So what do you want from him? Yeah, I, I mean, you, you look at it, it, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, he was just wide open after wide open after wide open. Aqib Tlaib, everybody has been riding him and talking how great he is and whatnot. He was non-existent yesterday. Aqib Tlaib did nothing. He was eight yards away from him, and every single catch, he was nowhere in the vicinity Well, there were some Julian catches Edelman. where Edelman, yeah, there was... Ten, no, he had 10 yards each way. 7.5 was the average they they that, calculated that he had the distance between Tlaib and, you would think and him. This is Brady's main weapon now. So you would think that you would, you know, figure figure him out a little more. And, and that has to go with the Sean McVay and the adjustments. It makes no sense. I know sense. It's, it's more Wade Phillips. I know McVay's more like he just controls the offense. And and he gives Wade Phillips more the defense. and But, I mean, you that, that, that that's... Tom Brady's guy. That's his go-to guy now. Especially in the playoffs. Especially right, in the playoffs. But, but, right, but hold on now. We we all agree, right, he was doubling and sometimes triple teamed basically all night. Yes? Who? At what point? Gronk Haskin or Edelman? No, Edelman. Edelman, right? At what point when you're constantly breaking double and triple teams and you're getting that wide open, at what point can you just sit there and say, that's Edelman's greatness. He's beating double and triple teams all the time. Mm-hmm. You're right. right. So I mean, like, but there were also times where he was wide open. You can't you can't dismiss that either. I mean, there were some bad defensive schemes against Edelman. Right, because, but that's Edelman's great route running. When he gets a dude, he he was running option routes all night. So whatever the leverage the defensive player was playing, he ran the opposite way, and Brady would throw him the football. When you're constantly running option routes, he's going to win. Yeah, I mean, it just showed. It it, it was easy, and it's crazy how good he is. Now talking about Julian Edelman and the MVP, 
Do you guys think he deserved to get the MVP honors after what he did yesterday, having 10 catches, 141 yards, and whatever it was? I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with it. I don't. I wouldn't have gave, given him the MVP because I think the MVP came from the defensive end. I think defense was the integral part of that game, so why not give it to someone on the defense? I would have gave it to Gilmore, um, you know, with that late, late uh, interception, and he had just a great all-around game, you know, covering Brandon Cooks. I, I would have gave it to Gilmore. I don't have a problem with the – the MVP. I mean, he had the numbers, but I mean, this is a this was a defensive game. I would have gave it to a defensive player. Yeah, I, mean. I, I think I think that we can all look at it and say no one would have had a problem if it had gone to like three or four guys. Like when you have Hightower, Gilmore, Van Noy, the punters. Dude, say what you want, but truthfully, and you guys are gonna laugh. You, you, you think it's dumb, right? But this was the quintessential Patriots win. They did everything in all three phases of the game. How many times did Matthew Slater make a play to down a punt inside the five? How many? I want to say six out of, like, the ten times they punted. Right? So, like, okay, we can all say, oh, the Rams' offense was an F. But how many times does an offense start with their ball inside their own five and go and score a touchdown? It almost never happens. You're 100% and right. And Slater <clears throat> and, and, and Ryan Allen – Slater's a, a pro bowler almost every year. I don't think he was this year, but he's great at what he does as a gunner, right? Mm -hmm. Ryan Allen's in there kicking the football, and he, he did really well. It was a three-phase football game, and the Patriots won all three phases. They did. They, they showed yesterday why they are the best team in the NFL. They won everything from the line up front to the defensive side and definitely the head coaching, and you just saw Bill Belichick on another level. That's I mean, really all night, it was. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Last night, a lot of the game was a chess match of field position. And listen, Johnny Hecker, he boomed a record kick in the Super Bowl. 64 <coughs> yards? 63 yards? Is that what it was? Yards, I, yeah, I thought it was right around there. Yeah. Right? That's a record kick. So it's like, listen, he was kicking from almost his own end zone, right? Like, it was a field position game. And, you know, the Rams did a good job, but the Patriots were just a little better at that phase of the game. No, the, listen, know? the Patriots were better in every every aspect of the game yesterday. Say it again. Say it again, Maddie. The Say New England again. Patriots were the better team in every aspect from coaching to to the hands team to defense to offense. Every which way went the did, New England Patriots way. I mean, just because you were better than uh, another team doesn't mean it wasn't a trash game still. I, I still call it the trash bowl. But, but, it you, was but you can't say, yeah, it was boring because both defenses showed up. You can't say it was a trash game because you look at it, both defenses were tremendous yeah, yesterday. Yeah, but that's not you fun to watch. I understand it's not fun to watch. I know people want to see. No one wants to see that. People want to see but scoring. You know, I understand you know that. But you know what's even better, Matt? Here's what's even better. Last night, Vinny Rubo said the New England Patriots were an embarrassment. No. He said that they were an embarrassment. I said the game was an embarrassment. No, 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 no. You want me to You want me to screenshot the text and send it to Matt? You said the Patriots and your team were an embarrassment. Really? Do you find it embarrassing winning Super Bowls? Maybe this is why uh, Jets fans can't have anything nice, because they don't recognize what good is. Well, no, the Jets, the, well, listen, Jet, Jet fans, unless they do something this off offseason, aren't going to do anything special this upcoming season, okay? I mean, it's, I mean, it's just <coughs> funny, right, because, and I've said this earlier to a bunch of people, right? The, the hate in the vitriol towards the Patriots, and I get it, they win a bunch, you don't like them, that's fine, but the hate towards the Patriots 
skews everyone's freaking view on everything, right? Oh, the Patriots were embarrassing. Why? Because they played a brilliant defensive game and you don't like defense? Yeah, I said your team was an embarrassment along with the Rams. Worst Super Bowl ever. And that's what yeah, I, I, that's, that's what I agree. I don't think it was a good game. To win a Super Bowl. Can, it was a great defensive game. It was a great defensive game. It was. If you like defense, that was a great that was a great game. It, let, let me tell you something. If if this was a few years ago and this was the Seahawks that had only allowed three points, people would be running around screaming about how great the Legion of Boom is. Oh, we got a nickname where the Legion of Boom, right? But because it's the Patriots, people go out of their way to discredit everything. That's what they do. Yeah, I mean, listen, you you could be right. You could 100% be right. No, he is right. right. <laughs> no one wants to see them in the Super Bowl anymore. And again, uh, New England fans want to see them no, in the uh, Super Bowl. But, 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 I mean, even Jeff knows that it's you You know it's it's basically New England area against the, co- the rest of the country. Rest of the country. I mean, you've seen all the memes and stuff, and it's true. No one, no one <laughs> everyone roots against the and Patriots. It, and again, it wouldn't surprise because, me if because they get they're to sick the Super Bowl them. next year. It would not surprise like, me. I, like, like, I'm not. Totally I'm, I'm not. That. It's the truth, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. Jeff? It, no, no, it is the truth, and I'm totally on board with it, right? Like, dude, the the Niners of the '80s, people hated them because they were good. The Cowboys of the '90s, people hated them because they were good. Like, I get the whole thing, but you know what's happening now, right? Did you hear, like, Matt Hasselbeck earlier? Oh, I don't think Julian Edelman should have been allowed to play in the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, what an idiot! Shut up! Why did he say that? Because <laughs> of the PED stuff. Because of the PED suspension. You know what's funny about that? But he, did anyone, did anyone, and, and this just shows you that people skew their views just because it's the Patriots. Did anyone have that view on players playing in the Super Bowl that tested positive for PEDs? Did anyone have that view when four guys from the Seahawks defense tested positive and they won the Super Bowl that year? Was anyone running around saying those four Seahawks, Bruce Sermon, Richard Sermon, Jim Chancellor, uh, Cam Chancellor, did anyone say they shouldn't have been playing in that game? Anyone? Ever? No. 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 But you know why they're saying it now? Because the Patriots won again, and all these sour pusses want to come out, and they want to just discredit them and tear them down. No one can just sit there and say, you know what? What a great performance. No one can do it. No, you're you're 100% right. Uh, well, I can. I can say it was a great performance and whatnot. You know, I mean, but that's, but that's the funny thing. Vinny thinks it was embarrassment. Why? Because he didn't get enough points. Why don't you win a couple of games and then you can figure out blah, what winning Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, I'm happy you can gloat. And you're happy that, that it was 3-3 going with five minutes left. You like that? That's fine. Yeah, perfectly. Yeah, I, I was completely fine with it. We won the game. How's that for you? How did the Jets do last night? They pull out their win? Who did they play? Like the Boys and Girls Club of Brunswick, New Jersey? Who were they playing last night? Um, I don't know. You would have to ask Mr. Vinny Rubo who, who they played last night. Right, but this is what I'm saying. Like, they get all bitter and they start to cry. Oh, my God, the Patriots won again. You know what, dude? You're part of this. Why don't you guys win a couple of games? You don't like the Patriots winning? How about you beat them? Yeah, I mean, there's no if, ends, or buts. You and either want to beat them or you don't. But here, And here's the other crazy thing. The Patriots win at every style of game. Guess what? They won a shootout with the Chiefs. Guess what? They won a defensive game against the Rams. By the way, they blew out the Chargers, who were supposed to be better than the Patriots. The Patriots had been destroying people all offseason, and all I ever hear is, oh, they're not that good. Oh, they're sacrificial lambs. Eat it, Vinny Rubo. <coughs> Eat it. Yep, well, you're not wrong in that instance. I mean, 
Nobody wants to see the Patriots win anymore. They they find ways to just grind out wins when they need to grind out wins. And yesterday, when the game was on the line, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski found a way to get I mean, that team that's to a victory. That's the thing about it, right? Whether the score was three to three or whether it was twenty to twenty or thirty to thirty or whatever. When it came to winning time, the winning players made winning plays. Yeah, and it's not almost, it's not just about winning players. It's the greatest players found ways to to make it. But now, Jeff, talking about this Julian Edelman situation, and you thinking he should get in the in the Hall of Fame, do you think his numbers belong in the Hall of Fame? I'm just curious. One hundred percent. Like, and and he has, he only has thirty career touchdowns. Yeah, that's fine. He's also got more catches than almost anyone. What's his playoff? Right, he holds almost but, every record now for playoffs. Uh, agreed with right? you with that, but you talk about overall stuff, not just the playoffs, okay? He only has 30 career touchdowns compared to, like, Marvin Harrison has 105, and all these other guys are 80, 70, 90. Jerry Rice has 90 and whatnot. It is tough when you look at numbers to put a guy like Julian Edelman in I mean, almost the Hall of every Fame. Year he has, every year he has almost about 100 catches. I mean, every year he's, he's only done it once. Because, he's only done it once. Uh, yeah, but he's putting up like 93, 95. He gets a ton of catches every year. Every year he gets it. Now, obviously, this year, missing four games, his numbers were down. What did he have? 65, 70 catches? 74. Well, well, yeah, well, he missed four games also, so that hurts. 74 catches missing four games. So what do you do? Would you say he would get five catches in each game? What's I would say clo- close to that. So he'd get close again to like in the 90s. He'd get another 20. He'd get another 20 co- yeah, he, he would be 92, 93. Yeah, he'd be right somewhere along those lines, you would think, with Julian Edelman and whatnot. Never never mind he's had super clutch performances. Do you remember the touchdown pass he threw to Danny Amendola against the Ravens in the playoffs? Super clutch play. And and listen, if, if he's going to get into the Hall of Fame, his, it's, it's going to be because of his, his NFL yeah, playoff experience. His playoff numbers Alone. are more Hall of Fame Alone. than his actual yeah. numbers. No, but that's what I'm saying. His playoff numbers are more Hall of Fame than anything, and that's where I mean, that's where it goes. I mean, when it comes to winning time, he's a winning player. Yeah, he he finds he was, a way to win. There's no if, ends, or buts about what that. A, what about um? I mean, this was a you know a pretty decent game for Gronk. You think he's he's done? You think he hangs it up? You do? You I don't? don't. I I think no. I think Tom. I think they're going to all convince get together him? for one more year. I think I think Gronk is definitely one more year. Brady has already said he's in for one more year, so I think I think they'll. Run I think Gronk Brady's more than one. Out. I think he's. I think he really wants to play to at least forty-five. I mean, that just seems absurd, though, doesn't it? Doesn't that it just does. seem absurd? As of right now, I think that's his plan. You know, I guess obviously things can change, but that's you know, four more seasons, though, Vinny. I, I thought he's forty-one right now. He's forty-one. Well, that's what he's forty-one. He's forty-one now. By next I mean, I would I would say at least two more years. I mean, uh, but I mean, this is fine. You know, this is this is murky waters now. I mean, you know, we don't really see a quarterback. You know, be, you know five of the time always wins, like we always say. I don't know what you know, forty one. Yeah, but like I said, I don't know what how old well it's gonna eventually, Jeff. I mean, he's not going to be like this forever. He ain't going to be 60 years old still playing like this. But I have a, now hold on, hold, now hold on, and I agree with you, Vinny. I wholeheartedly agree with you that it's not going to be like this forever. And it's he's like I'm, like I'm agreeing with you. But you know what, though, Vinny? Let's and be honest about it. We've had five years of Max Kellerman's cliff that it's coming. Oh, I don't, I don't. He's I a hate clown. Max Kellerman. He is the absolute no, but, worst. 
No, but I'm just using that to highlight how long are we going to say the end is coming? No, well, that's why. That's why. I, that's why I wouldn't be surprised if he went to forty-five. I mean, I just said. I said, and you, you talking to me like I'm crazy. I said forty-five, maybe. He wants to play to his no, forty-five. I, he said it. I just can't. I just, dude, listen. I, it may happen. I can't wrap my mind around that. Me like, either. But that's what he wants. I mean, and I mean, and you know, you know what type of training he does. You know how he eats and whatnot. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure that plays a big part in how how well he's done in his 40s. But uh, you know, you can't guarantee another four years. I don't know. I don't think anyone knows. I don't even think he knows. I I think that's his goal. Uh, I mean, we we'll see if he gets <laughs> if he gets there. I don't think. I think. For, I think that number 45. Truthfully, I think he was just throwing that out there just to have like a lofty goal. I don't think he gets there, dude. I don't. I mean, I, don't. I, I would think, would, would you think that if he won one more Super Bowl, he'd be done? You know, be, beating you never, Jordan, beating, know. beating Michael Jordan of six, I think, you know, there's the comparables. I saw that on first take today. Who Who's I the bigger goat, Michael Jordan or Tom Brady? You know, after, you know, they both have six. You know, maybe maybe one more championship and that's seven. And then he, and then he hangs it up. I don't know. I hate that argument, by the way. Can yeah, I so do I. I it's apples argument. and oranges. It's, it's, it's completely total. different. It, it, it is. It's completely different. And it was all over every CBS Sports to SB Nation. It was all over the place this morning, the Michael Jordan and Tom Brady thing. Like, it's, it's the most pointless thing ever. They could be the greatest in, 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 their, in their respective sport. I mean, if you want to get ridiculous with it, right, because everyone's like, oh, Jordan, right? Why aren't they just comparing him to a guy from his own city in Boston? Why not just say, hey, can can Tom Brady win 10 out of 11 like Bill Russell did? I mean, it's totally ridiculous. The <laughs> argument's totally just craziness. But I don't know if he can play to 45. I think, that, I think he just threw that number out there as like a ridiculous goal. And maybe he needs goals to keep going. Maybe he's one of those people. You know what I'm saying? But I don't think he gets there. I guess it's something we're going to have to really uh, t keep an eye out and see. But, Jeff. We got to get going. We have to go to another break, bro. Thanks for calling. Perfect, man. I, I appreciate it. Vinny, <coughs> thank you for everything that you've done for Boston sports in the last year. It's just been last year, a like the last ride. last three months for you. Enjoy, it's, it's, enjoy the parade. Enjoy the parade. Enjoy it while it and lasts just, is what he really wants to say. Maddie, do you think that there's anyone that's done more for Boston sports than Vinny Rubo? Has no, done I, I really, I, I really can't believe it. I don't, I never believed in the mush thing. But after what he's done for your Boston Red Sox and now what I'm he's done against your New England Patriots. I'm still convinced it's a bad dream yeah. <laughs> this whole year. He, he really is the mush. I, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I mean, everything he just says, you have to go the opposite way. Yeah, um, uh, we got to get this kid to a casino so we can just go against Let's be clear. Day. It's not opposite of everything. It's been Boston. Yeah, uh, touche. Whatever he does against Boston is what you have right, to but do. This just, right, but this just highlights my point about like people that hate the Patriots, they lose all sense of, like their hate of Boston and the Patriots and the Red Sox, and, like their hate of that overcomes their like sensibilities. They can't, they can't see the forest through the trees. Like picking the Chargers on the road in New England in the cold against the Patriots, like are you crazy? I don't know who would do <laughs> such a thing like that. It makes no was sense. That, was was that crazy to pick the Chief? I mean, listen, you know, I, I I don't think anyone was crazy. I think all of those that game was like a coin flip. But like the 
The Patriots won by three at home. They won by six on the road. Who were the Who was the better team this year? The Chiefs or the Patriots? Who was the better team? Chiefs. No, they were. They lost twice. They <laughs> were, no, they weren't the better team because when they played head to head, they lost by three in Foxborough. They lost by six at home. You, you know what I'm going to say about that last game, so uh, it's a, it's agree to disagree. Agree to disagree? Results speak for themselves. Who won those games? Goodbye, Jeff. Jeff, thanks for calling. <laughs> Enjoy. Suck on it, Vinny. <laughs> on it, Vinny. <laughs> oh, man. Love when Jeff calls. It's, it's kind of comical. He couldn't wait to call you today, Mr. Vinny Rubo. He was really looking forward to uh I'm glad to talk I'm glad to I can brighten his day. I'm just curious if uh Snug is going to call eventually. He might he might not, we'll but we'll wait and break. see. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to a quick break and when we come back from break, we are going to get into a little bit of the NBA. I want to talk about more of this Kristaps Porzingis situation. I want to talk about Anthony Davis and the LA Lakers and Kyrie Irving. We're going to get into that when we come back here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You, you, you are listening to the Third and Long Show. And here's your host, Maddie Cavs. 631-676-2968 is the number to reach us here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. <clears throat> we are back live here. We got your call, who you've been wanting to Snug. listen to. Yes. Snug is on the line. Ladies and gentlemen, we actually have our second caller of the day. He goes by the name Snug the Cat. I never understood it, but he goes by the name Snug the Cat all the way from California. Snug, and what's Snug, going on? You have been warned. Be careful what you say. I have the oh. I have the final decisions on phone calls today. So Oh my goodness. Vinny, thank you so much, bro. I'll be really yeah. candid. I'm I'm under the weather today. I feel like Oh, you and Manny like too. You make me feel like heaven, bro. <laughs> I just got to say, your mushery is so pure and unadulterated. It's like the wind-driven snow. My question and to you is, is he going to get another T-shirt soon? I feel like he deserves one. No, I don't think I need one. Oh, yeah, there's <clears> a T-shirt coming. I mean, it, it, I mean, if anything, it, it has to be like a thank you present to him, you know, for everything he's done for Boston sports in the past well, uh, is, baseball and now football. Is, well, this is what I have to say is that Vinny – has flexed for us and shown us the power, the pure power of mushery. Because he first started with the Red Sox, and the, and the Red Sox won 108 games, so that wasn't <coughs> the purest mush, right? Because, I mean, they probably should have at least gone to the World Series. Theoretically, with 108 wins, you're a pretty strong team, right? But then he took, and he decided to show us how, he, how strong he was. <laughs> and he took a team, and I remember being on the phone at after week four and discussing with you saying you know these guys are two and two and there was some concern and we were talking about would they even make the playoffs what oh well, who i don't know who you were talking to yeah, but it wasn't do me. i don't think we were making the playoffs well, i, I do I remember what division they're in <laughs> exactly i don't think anybody on this no show, one no one maybe maybe your main man earl might have said it but not us over here I'm pretty sure it was a conversation now, you and I now, had, Maddie, and I, you said, is it you possible guys, they wouldn't make the playoffs? And I said, that could be. It's possible. Oh, that might have been just been a question of me asking no. you. I, I, ne there was never a doubt in my mind where they are in that AFC East that they were not now, not making now the playoffs. Now, did, did Errol predict the Patriots or the Rams? No, he had well, the Rams. I think that Errol predicted the Patriots would go to the Canadian Football League or something and go. No, oh, he predicted the Rams, though, Errol, in all seriousness? Errol, Errol said the Rams were going to win the game. 
Well, of course he did. Come on now. I mean, Errol could, they could have been playing, the Patriots could have been playing, you know, I don't know, the, Raiders? the Jets, and he would have <laughs> picked, he probably would have picked against the Patriots. So. Absolutely. Any, any, any opportunity he gets to pick against the Patriots, he will. Oh, he doesn't care who the Patriots play. No. He's going to pick against but, them. But, but anywho, back, back, back to this shirt. Is Vinny Ruo getting a, a, a thank you shirt? Nah, I need to know. It's, well, it's, it's not needed. <laughs> you know, I, I've got a couple. Of, I may have to do a two-sided shirt on this one. I, I feel like it's deserved. What? <clears throat> there were some quotes today that were priceless. Maddie knows what I'm talking about. And uh, I'm going to have to put something together for you, Vinny. Thank you so much. <laughs> because in the last... You know, 100-plus days, you've delivered two championships to Boston. After the World Series, we were fiending a little bit. We needed a pick-me-up, and you provided that. Uh, I'm not unconvinced that you could bless the Bruins into this. I mean, it would be miraculous. It would be <laughs> almost uh, un- uh, I'm not know. a hockey guy, so you're going to have to think of someone else yeah, for that, that one. That, Vinny can't help you there. He's not a hockey guy. Well, well, but the Boston okay. Celtics, maybe. Okay, well, hey, if you <laughs> – I think that Mikey C would be eternally. Uh, he's the one making the phone want, call. And thank you. I, I, but I'm just hoping that you know, in return for uh, a Boston Celtics championship, you can give me Kyrie Irving in the summer. Is that a fair deal? Oh, I forgot we got to the, back to the Knicks myopia where they're gonna. And we're gonna get into the New York Knicks talk too. But oh god. But I I wanted to say a couple of thoughts about the Super Bowl and. Sure. First of all, I wanted to say. That uh, everyone's complaining that it was a terrible game, and, and, and Jeff it was. sort of touched on it. But I put this in a tweet last night to Mr. Ruba, who I will <laughs> say was exceptionally salty on Twitter last night, <laughs> which only made the the victory even better. Thank How salty again, was he on Twitter? How salty was he? Oh man, he made the ocean taste like like uh, like honey. He was that salty. It was. If we had been there, I feel like he might have taken a swing at Jeff or I, or maybe both of us. I don't know. <laughs> but Good possibility. You know, well, you know, let's all own it. We're all adults. He didn't here, even okay. text me when I texted him. He no, always texts me. I didn't want to deal with anyone. Anyway. He was not a happy camper. That, and well, you know, and again, the, the saltiness tasted sweet like honey to my lips. So it was okay. The more he got up there and, and gave it to us, the better it was. Uh, my wife kept looking at me like I was crazy. She's like, why are you sitting there laughing? I'm like, you have to read this. So I showed her. <laughs> and even my wife laughed. And she, she does not well, 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 what did you say? Well, we were just cheering the Patriots on and celebrating Vinny's mushroom. To be honest, I don't even know if I read all your stuff. I just looked at it and said, uh, uh, and just kept typing. <laughs> I don't even so know if I, I don't even know if I, you know, I might have caught one or two of them. But I don't think I, I read all of them, honestly. That's okay. Uh, Maddie, if you want, I'm sure Jeff or myself would be more than happy to screenshot and send them to you. Yes, please do. I, I would love to see it. I mean, I could show them right now. I would love to see it. I could save you the trouble. in nature. But, you know, the thing is, is that if you didn't like that game as a football fan, then I would argue you probably didn't like the 1991 World Series, the seventh game where it was one to nothing with uh, the Braves and the uh, – the twins. Uh, That's apples and oranges. Baseball, baseball and football are totally different. Uh, you can appreciate a one nothing baseball game is totally different than a three three with nine minutes left. Um, going in, you know, no, sorry. I know they're, they're both defensive struggles. You can appreciate the greatnesses of both defenses. They both absolutely showed up. The Patriots secondary. Nobody's talking about them. They broke up two sure touchdowns. They literally pulled the ball from two touchdown hands. 
McCourty came out of nowhere in the back of the end zone. Now, granted, Goff was a little bit late on the throw, uh, but little. it was in both of his <laughs> hands. He had it, so some wide receivers make that catch, right? You would so think. I think that, yeah, so I, I think you I, – I realize that on a consumer level, that was a terrible Super Bowl, right? Consumers want to see, you know – It was the lowest-rating Super Bowl in the, fi- in, in in the 50 last years. 10 years. I know, I know 50s. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, you've got a Los Angeles market that doesn't care about football, and the only people who are watching in on the East Coast are the Patriots fans, and that's okay. But what I'm, I understand where you're saying consumers don't want to see low scoring, but as far as the football game goes, as a defensive struggle, both teams absolutely showed up. Both teams did a great job. The Rams, you know, Edelman torched them for a bunch of yards, but they did a whole lot of bending and not a whole lot of breaking. So I, I would tip my hat to them. I think something else that went unnoticed was Gronkowski's blocking at the end. When they were lining him up in the backfield, he was absolutely burying people and springing Sonny Michelle at the end. So when they were on their four-yard line. But they couldn't get Sonny Michelle that extra yard that Vinny Rubo needed to win the box. Oh, my God. Well, uh, did you hear about that, too? I, how I, much money did that cost you, Vinny? $1,000. Th- oh, wow. Because you know what? I made money on that. Literally. Oh, yeah. Literally, if if I couldn't get hit in the nuts anymore, it was that last. I'm like, all right, if they have to win, just get this first down right here, run the clock out, and and whatever, I'll be fine. Nope, you had to be one. What was it? One inch? What do you think? You think one inch? Maybe an inch. Maybe an inch. So then I was like, oh, maybe Belichick will just go for it. You know, the Brady, you know, scramble (laughs) in, get the first down, and yada yada. Nope, you had to decide to get the the field goal for two possession game, which is understandable, but it was just. Uh, it just made me rip my hair out even more. Well, Belichick actually texted me before that, and I said, I think Vinny Rubo has a square. <laughs> so could you just kick that field goal, bro, and just uh, make me some money and cost Vinny some money? <laughs> and he said, no problem, because that's perfectly in line. He actually, I called him after Thursday's show last week, let him know that you picked against him, and he, he told the team, I guess it, I heard like loud cheering and clapping in the background, and then they all went and bet on themselves. So you made the Patriots richer, too. It's crazy. <coughs> he really is the mush. And I can't wait to see what kind of T-shirt he's going to be getting. That's the oh, question. There, there will you be a T-shirt. I don't I think promise. you need, you know, it's it's all well nice that you want to, you know, make another shirt for me. I, I don't think it's necessary. We get the point. Um you can gloat you're, if you're, you and all the, the rest of the mutant New England uh, fan base can enjoy another uh, parade down whatever road that you guys celebrate on. Enjoy it. Embrace this time because, you know, this doesn't happen very often. Well, enjoy in, it. Well, in uh, New, New England time, it does happen often that they're there every other year. It does happen only, quite a bit. Or they're there. But, Vinny, I have to ask you, how in the world has the city of New York not banded together Hard and feathered you and put you on a greyhound heading north. Like they don't really care where you land, just out of the city. <coughs> uh, I don't know. I've, I've flown under the radar, I guess. Faithful. I've flown under the radar. So far, so far, so good. So, well, we'll hook Mayor De Blasio up, let him know what's going on, and uh, he will, for the public safety or at least the safety of the Yankees and the the Jets, he will have you taken care of. Better times are ahead for my team. All right, well, better shirts are ahead for Vinny Rubo, so things are good. <laughs> I'm excited to see that. Snug, thanks for calling, bro. Get better. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a great day, and thank you so much for having me. <laughs> thanks, Snug. Oh, well, we, I didn't know if he was going to call because he was sick, and he did say he doesn't know if he was going to call, but I guess 
He wanted to he grace. He couldn't help himself. He wanted to grace his presence and just wanted so to thank you personally. So let's get into some basketball. We got 10 yeah, minutes left. Yeah, we got Quick. 10 minutes left. Let's, I, I want to talk about this Kristaps Porzingis situation because it really aggravates me right now. And I, I'm still fired up about it. And I don't care what anybody says. Oh, we're getting two first-round draft picks. Uh, we're, we're getting rid of expiring contracts. We're clearing cap space. Listen, I understand about the clearing cap space. I am all for clearing cap space, okay? I am all for it. But the fact remains, we traded a guy for a guy we should have drafted before in Dennis Smith Jr. That's essentially what the what the draft uh what the trade was because of all the expiring contracts. DeAndre Jordan wants to go back to the West Coast in LA, either with the Lakers or maybe with the Clippers, probably the Lakers. I mean, I just don't understand it and I don't want to play the what-if game because we're the New York Knicks. When have they ever shown us the ability to do anything positive in the last two decades? And don't say they, they've given us hope now, blah, blah, blah. No, but I they're think that's still what the they're New York Knicks. To do. They're, they're, they're the trying Knicks. to show that they, you know, this is all about the future. This is all about, you know, they're building at, they're getting assets and they got rid of all their dead money. There is no more dead money. There is no more bad contracts on this team right now. Yeah, you're right. You're hundred percent right. So, you know, they're going all in and <coughs> you know those these NBA back channels. Who knows? Maybe maybe they know that something that we don't. Do well, you, of course. Can you agree that? Of course. If, I, and, and I feel and, like they made this deal because they think Kevin Durant is coming. Hypothetical. If, if they know in the back channels that something, you know, that Kevin Durant has a good chance of signing, wouldn't you do this trade too? Wouldn't you? If you know. If you know that, that you're – if you – as long as you have two max spots, then, you know, Durant is all in on this, you have to make this trade. We don't know this right now. But, but now here's my question to you, Mr. Vinny Rubo. Yes. Summer comes – July comes, Christmas for all of us here in New York, basically, because we want to see what the Knicks are going to do. They strike out. Then what? As long as they don't they don't settle how they did in 2010. Well, you know they will settle. No, they're they going to settle for no, like they Kemba won't. Walker. And I, and, and I refuse to believe that. I refuse to believe that they're going to just— But how can you refuse they have to believe money? it when they've done it before? Because that's a different regime. I, First of all, what's that's, his name? That's nine Perry, years ago. Perry or Mills has been there. Well, uh, Perry, Perry just got here. Okay, then, then it was Mills who was Mills has been with here a couple years yeah, with, with, with Phil Jackson. With Phil Jackson. Okay, and, 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 and granted, he signed to Tim Hardaway. We got rid of that. And, and obviously, that wasn't a good signing because, you know, he's gone now, right? Yeah, yeah, he, he is gone. I'm not taking anything away from that. He is gone, okay? And, 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 and it was and, because and he wasn't this worth is not, $84 this is not, million. Dollars. This is not just, you know, on Porzingis. <coughs> this is on the Knicks, too, for, you know, making – it what it is and Porzingis but granted Porzingis went into that meeting one day uh, that day and said he did not want to be a New York Knicks anymore what do you want the Knicks to do well like, but how do we know he actually said that because he, he according to Dallas and everything his thing he never requested a trade or anything of the sort that that could probably possibly be the New York Knicks Steve, Steve Mills, you know, he was at, he interviewed yesterday during the Nick game and said, you it's know, two sides to every story. We all know that they, they had an inkling, know. they had an inkling, and <coughs> and they asked for this meeting. It's yeah, they hundred percent asked for the meeting, and you're not going to take anything away. But we won't know what was said in that meeting. Steve Mills is going to say that they asked for it. 
Kristaps Porzingis is saying he never asked to be traded. And if you don't get the, and if you don't get, if we strike out, this if you don't sets trade, us back another ten years, another decade. No, I don't believe so. Uh, well, how can you not believe? Because so? we have because, the assets now. Yeah, we did not get rid but, of anything. But, but, but Vinny, we have the money. I understand that. But if you think that if we strike out on Let's, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, and all this other nonsense, and that's you all think, you want, but you don't you, want these second level. No, but you don't think they're going to go out and get a second level guy. But one thousand percent, they're going to give but, Kemba Walker money. You could do more with that money than just sign free agents. You can use that towards trades. You can you can add. How can those, you use it more can, towards trades? Because you can bring in big contracts like a Damian Lillard who's already signed or someone like that, and use that towards. But we have nothing to trade. We may have w- the money. We, we just got seven. We have seven draft picks now in five years. We got two of them, one <coughs> one from the Mavericks, which is unprotected. 2021 and 2023. That's two years from now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's unprotected. Yeah. That's a big tra- – that's a – that is – in this day and age, that is a lot – that is – that that's great. We, who are the Knicks? The Knicks are, are – in, in years past, we were the ones giving away draft picks. Oh, all now, the time. Now we're accumulating draft picks, kind of like the Boston Celtics did. I just have a feeling they are still the New York Knicks, and if they strike out this season, this summer, with Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving, this is going to set back the New York Knicks organization because I firmly, firmly believe they will give some so second-tier, third-tier type guy an astronomical gut amount feeling, of money. Gut feeling, gut to your head, gun to your head, you don't think they get any of the top guys? Or do you think they get one or do they get two? I, I, you I, I, honestly, I, honestly, I want your honest opinion I right really now. I really want to believe that they're going to get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I really, really want to believe it. So if they do, <clears throat> would, would you be okay with this trade? Then this trade was worth was every great. single penny. Oh, yeah. Worth every single penny. But I don't like to play the what-if game. You can't. We can't. Well, you keep can't. Playing. That's why we can't judge this trade until until until, a until later the summer. Date. And 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 granted <laughs> on paper. Well, right now we can granted on paper. Well, granted on paper, it looks good for the Mavericks too. But what's to say that um, he's not going to be injury riddled his whole career? One hundred percent. You're right. You know, you know, he he might not be worth a max contract. You're hundred. What did he right. do in New York? Nothing. Nothing yet. He he was just who a is seven he to, foot who three is he unicorn. to act like how he's been lately? Um, the past year with the Knicks. He he doesn't he doesn't deserve any of that. You're right, you're 100 percent right, and and it, it's pretty crazy. He doesn't deserve a statue or anything of the sort. He didn't win with so, the New York Knicks. So you know it looks good on paper right now with Luca and Porzingis there, but you know let's see if he stays healthy. Let's see if he first off he hasn't committed um, long term. Even in the press conference today, Mark Cuban interrupted and said, "Oh yeah, he he wants to be here. He's gonna be here. He's gonna be here in the long term." But as of yet, he did not put the pen to the paper. Mm-hmm. So, you he's know. He's waiting. He's waiting. He's not going to do it right away. And, you know, he said he wasn't going to sign with the Knicks. Uh, I don't know what you wanted them to do. They, no, no, and, and no, no. That, had that's one story because then Chris Tapsposingas and his camp is saying they never asked for a trade. But, of course, he's going to say that. But, but again, this is still the New York Knicks we're talking about. They haven't shown good faith for me since 1999 no, and with well, when they lost and, and with got well reason because in the NF, uh, NBA me, Finals. Me and you know both what we've been through the past 20 years with this franchise, and we can agree to say that it's probably the worst run franchise, in at least in the NBA. Never mind. The NBA, it could I'm be in all, in all four sports. No, Maybe the Cleveland Browns up look, there. You look at the garbage from Queens, they're up there too. The Wilpons, they're garbage. They're awful. But, I mean – it, it, it's tough. I mean, at least the Mets made the World Series a couple of years ago. Yeah, one time. Yeah, that, that, that's that a lot more than the Knicks have. In the that didn't work out for them very well anyway. Oh, yeah, the the Knicks haven't even s- – the last time they made the playoffs was with Amari Sotomayor and Carmelo Anthony. They got – well, they lose four games to two to the Indianapolis Pacers in that 2000-whatever, 2012 
13. But you know, it it was it's definitely was hard to digest when it happened. You know, yeah, and, and we were still, on the air for that. It's and, still you know, a little it was hard happening. to digest. But when you take a step back and you look at what we got and the possibilities, and and obviously we won't know we won't know fully until July. So we have five months to only talk hope, this man. over. I mean, it's a great story right now in New York. You know, there there's there's a reason to be excited. Um, not 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 to say that no, you know, we could strike out mm-hmm. or we could hit the jackpot. That's and if we hit the jackpot, right. I mean, this is I mean, <laughs> this will this will go the down Knicks, in the best trade in they in have history. been starving for a winner. Mm-hmm. I'm not even saying a championship caliber team, a winning team. This MB, this city is ready for it. New York City, you know how it is. Um, if 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 the Knicks made the NBA Finals, first off, for NBA, it'd be great. If it was the Knicks Lakers NBA Finals, let's say in like two years, it would be very exciting. That's for sure. I mean, just just ratings alone, number one. Then in, in the NBA, wants the Knicks to be good. You're very they want the Lakers to be good. You're very wishful over there, Vinny. Hey, you're very wishful. But you think but very high. if the pieces fall the <coughs> way that they've presented themselves towards two max contracts all this is the free agent class you want to be in in the summer this this summer this is the summer you want money and they have the by far the most money out of any team they do have the most money out of everybody so thing for sure and you know this is huge in what their pitches and what their meetings are with kevin durant um you know they're going to be in the meeting this year this time and you know who knows Kyrie Irving? He switches his mind every two weeks. It looks sounds like you know backtrack. You know we we will probably I'm sure we'll go get into that this week about Kyrie Irving's backtracking of his of his comments. He can't really being yeah. committed, and now you know you know after that trade, he's like mm-hmm. you know you know ask me July first. Mm-hmm. So you know it's going to be a very interesting, <laughs> and it's and it's going to be very interesting this week. Yep, it's going to be interesting around. Um, what's you know, what's Anthony today? Davis. What's today? Thursday. The Thursday. The three deadline. more days. Three more days, and we're so going to be live Davis, on the air. Anthony Davis is out there. Um, they've increased that trade, so you know, uh, and like, and I've been telling you, I've been telling Evan, and you know, that first one was laughable to me. That first, that first offer, and, and oh, if, wait, if, if wait, they, Rondo Beasley if they wanted that? to be serious, they had they had to include that pretty much that whole team. Evan didn't believe me, and here's the offer: Lonzo Ball, Kyle, Kyle Kuzma, Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, Rajon Rondo, Lance Stevenson, Michael Beasley, two first round picks. He's like, wow, that's their whole team. Yeah, so that's what you're gonna have to do exactly to get Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. and yep. and you know now Anthony Davis right. is just <coughs> saying how you know he he'd um, sign contracts with the Knicks, the Bucks, the Clippers, and the Lakers. I mean, I don't think any. I think the Lakers. I think it, he wants to be a Laker. I, well, obviously, I think I think that, uh, and I think the Lakers need to get a trade be- before the trade deadline because I don't think any of those guys, only of those other teams, are in play before the summer. I mean, you're not you're not making a trade with the Knicks unless you don't you you have the number one pick. Mm-hmm. So you have to see if they get the number one pick, yep. and then they're in play. But besides that, I th- I think this is all about the Lakers, obviously, and they have to give up whatever they need to get Anthony Davis before the trade deadline. Absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for our first show here at Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Brand new launch today, right after the Super Bowl. It was perfect timing. Make sure you go check us out on all social media. A lot of big things are coming this way with the help of StatementGames.com and Mr. Mark Salino, who is a big part of this now, and we are all very grateful. But, ladies and gentlemen, we will be back tomorrow, barring as long as I'm not on my deathbed dead. Um, We will be back tomorrow here at 4 o'clock. But again, ladies and gentlemen, have a good night. We'll be back tomorrow here at, at Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.